Terry. Terry Bryan. And before Pat and I were married, uh, I had the pleasure of getting to know Mom and Pop. And Pop rarely said very much and did distance himself with, himself with some degree of regularity whenever I appeared. He was always cordial, but nonetheless, there was always something else for him to do. So it left Rosemary to kind of defend the home front, so to speak, whenever I came to see Pat. And I did as often as I possibly could. Being in the Navy at the time, it was a little difficult to do, but I came often. And I decided after I had met her that I wanted to ask her to marry me. And there's only one way to do it, and that's the right way, and that was to ask Pop for her hand in marriage. And so I decided that I was going to go one particular day and ask him if I could marry his daughter, Pat. I got dressed in my whites and was properly adorned with all the accoutrement that goes with that and came up to the house. And Rosemary, seeing me, I think Pat had talked with her about what I was going to do because we had talked about it. And uh, they, Pat and her mother, walked out of the house. Now, you have to understand the house at Canal Boulevard. There were about 18 or 19 steps leading up to the front door in an L shape. And once you got up there, you're on the second floor. And the house was a bit of a maze, kind of like a rat maze, but not exactly. But as you walked in the front door, there was a living room. And to the right, there was a dining room. And if you went straight ahead, there was a hallway that had doors with glass windows that closed. Off to the right, off the dining room, was the kitchen and another entry back into a hallway. As you went down the hallway, off to the left, there was a bedroom. At the end of the hallway, there was a bathroom and two bedrooms. Bit maze-like, if you will. So, <laughs> I went in to see Pop, and Mom, and I should say Rosemary, I guess, uh, for those that don't recognize Mom, but Rosemary and Pat went out to the front porch and sat down, as I recall, and I went in to encounter my father, future father-in-law. And I encountered him in the kitchen, as I recall, and I went and said, hey, Pop, how are you doing? Well, that's probably not what I said. I probably said Mr. Federico at the time. And Mr. Federico, something like, I'd like to talk with you. He said, yeah, that's fine. He was making a cup of coffee. He said, just a minute. And he went out the door from the kitchen, went down the hallway into the bathroom, and closed the door to the bathroom. Well, I waited for a suitable period of time, walked into the hallway. The bathroom door was closed. Turned to the left, went back out into the foyer, and sat down in the living room. And I waited and listened until I thought he was finished in the bathroom. Came out, went back into the kitchen through the dining room, and he wasn't there. Now, this is not a 5,000-square-foot house. This is a relatively small house. I went back into the hallway as Pop was going back into the living room and dining room area. As I came into the hallway and turned to the left, Pop went into the dining room. I went straight towards the front door into the living room. He left the dining room back into the kitchen. So I turned left into the dining room. He left the kitchen, went down the hallway, went into his bedroom, and closed the door. Well, I didn't think appropriate to knock on the door, so I went back into the living room and sat for a suitable period of time and waited for a while, thinking to myself that this is not going like I would like it to go. Not to be deterred, I waited for a period of time. This time it wasn't particularly suitable. So I went back into the hallway and saw that the door to the bedroom was now open, and I never knew him to go into the bedroom to the right at the end of the hallway. There was the bathroom, the bedroom at the right, and the bedroom. 
at the left where the TV was then. So I went down to the TV room and he was sitting in the TV room and I went down and I sat down and started to talk and I went, as I pointed my finger, opened my mouth, he said, just a minute, got up and he went back into the kitchen to get a cup of coffee. So I pursued him into the kitchen and we kind of sat there and I was waiting for the proper time to ask. You got to understand the coffee he had because it was on the stove and it boiled and there was a little tin pot made in three sections. In the bottom section, it would catch water. In the middle section, there was the coffee. In the top section, that was an area where you had a filter and you poured the coffee and it drained down through the middle section into the bottom section. Now, you would imagine this would probably take two or three minutes in order to accomplish, which it did. And I did not broach the subject in the kitchen at that period of time. So I waited, stood up, and thought, I'm going to go out front and see what's going on at this point, or something like that. And then as I made to the dining room, I said, no, it's time to ask. I turned back in, and he was gone. He had vanished with a cup of coffee. I went back out into the hallway and captured him in the TV room. I said, Pop, no. I said, Mr. Federico, as I recall, I have something I'd like to ask you. He says, I know. I said, well, uh, sir, I'd like to have your, he said, just a minute. And he got up and he left and went back out. I don't know where he went at this point. Now, you might laugh, but this, this is true. This took a good 30 minutes in order to catch him, and I finally decided that I was going to have to really head him off the pass. And I saw him turn left into the dining room. I went to the kitchen, and bingo, as he came into the kitchen, I was standing there. I said, Mr. Federico, I'd like to marry your daughter, Pat. Standing in the hallway from the dining room to the kitchen, and I was standing in the kitchen. And he looked at me. And I don't remember what he said. I honestly don't remember. But whatever it was, was not yes or no, but was an abject, total, and completely, I don't think so, but he never said a word, as I recall. So I went back out front to talk with you and your mother, if you remember, and about that time your grandmother arrived. Do you remember that? Yeah. Now this has taken at least 30 minutes. Your grandmother arrived with the 2nd Division of the Marine Corps, as I recall, or at least it seemed that way. And she knew why I was there. Apparently, Rosemary had talked with her. And I guess the boys knew what I was going to do. So she said, hi, and went into the front door like it was Normandy. And in she went, and she had a talk with Pop. Now, Pat and others may remember some reflections of the conversation she had with Pop. I really don't know what the conversation was. But the outcome of it was that Pat and I got married. Had it not been for Grandma, I'm not sure that that would have been the case. Now, you guys got to pick up on this because you know more than... Well, you're absolutely got it exactly right. The plain fact of the matter is that Pop was not in favor of you marrying Pat. I do need to tell you it was not personal. It was the fact that you were from out of town and there was his fear that you would marry her and take her away from him. That damn Yankee's gonna take my daughter and I'll never see her again. And uh, whether well, never see her again didn't turn out to be right, but the taking her away from New Orleans certainly did. Yeah. And uh, that was his objection, it yeah. wasn't personal. Oh no, uh-uh. tried to get back many times, as Pat will testify. I tried to get to be a controller at Moisant. We got out of the out of the Navy. I came back, tried to find a suitable job that would give us a future, and it didn't quite work out that way. Unfortunately, I wished it would have. But through the years, we've made every effort to get down here when we can. 
and we do it quite often, at least twice a year, I'd say, maybe three. But that's kind of a story about pop. That's great. 